Welcome to the County Business Talks podcast, powered by Picturebook Films. Here, we're going to be talking to entrepreneurs and business owners from across Sussex, delving into the mindsets of what makes them really tick. Welcome to another episode of the County Business Talks podcast. Um, I'm truly delighted to welcome our very special guest to the pod this week. She's Joint Managing Director of one of the UK's leading public relations consultancies, boasting over 60 peer judged awards and a client roster of international, national and regional B2B and B2C brands. Midnight Communications helps businesses and brands to tell the world their stories. And today, she's going to tell us hers. So welcome, the amazing Flo Powell, to oh, the podcast. Thank you so much, Sam. Thank you for having me. Delighted to be here. Oh, it's, listen, it's great to have you on. Um, I'm really looking forward to this episode. Look, we're going to delve straight in. Um, can you just tell us um, about your business journey, where it all started? Yeah, certainly can. Um, going back to the start, if I may, yeah. um, when I was a young whippersnapper, I wanted to travel the world and get paid for it. So I actually studied tourism and I had a career in the travel and tourism industry for a good 10 years before Mm. I joined Midnight. Mm. So I went to Bournemouth Uni and the tale of my business journey is really about keeping in touch with people, never burning a bridge and using your contacts. So my first job out of uni came out of the fact that I kept in touch with my head of year, Tony Jolly, good old Mm. Tony. And he gave me the job description for the events executive role at the Tourism Society, which I went along to, got the job. And I worked there for a year or so. And then I was at the appointment group um, organising events for PlayStation and Sony executives, (laughs) which was fun. (laughs) And then Tourism Society lost its um, CEO. And at 24 offered me the job and I was like okay sure I can do (laughs) that why not so at 24 I was the executive director of the tourism society wow and I led the company for three and a half years and to say that it was a learning experience would be the understatement of the century (laughs) um there was a lot of googling um and there was a lot of learning and I took the society from when I started I had no staff it was just me yeah. organising um, probably about 30 events a year for tourism professionals um, in London. I moved the office because we were in a, a basement with bars on the windows in Shadwell and I wasn't having that. <laughs> so one of the first things I did was move the office and hire some staff and then got it into a surplus. It's a non-profit organisation, so you can't call it profit, but I got them into a surplus for the first time in years wow. and, and loved it. But I was at a point of my life where I was still in my you know late 20s, not sure where my next step would take me. And you know the job opportunities for director of a membership association didn't come up very often. So when one did, I jumped at it and that was director of the Association of Cruise Experts. Um, and they offered me the job and I said, are you sure? I've never been on a cruise ship before. <laughs> and they said, yeah, we'll get you on a cruise ship as the first port of call, pun intended. <laughs> um, and so I did. And I did that for two years and I loved it. But to be honest, it wasn't really for me. Um, and again, I was like, oh, am I going to be here forever? I wanted a new challenge and never burn a bridge. Always keep in touch with people. Kept in touch with the ex-chairman of the Tourism Society, Alison Cryer, who just so happened to run a specialist travel and representative PR agency. Mm. And um, she offered me a job as PR director. So for the third time in my professional career, I said yes. <laughs> Sure. Um, And I worked for her and just learned as much as I could from her and 
did some amazing, amazing things with that company and did get to travel the world and get paid for it in some respect because I was doing fam trips and press trips to Miami. I went to Lithuania to sign a contract at Christmas time, which was beautiful. Um, and I was handling the PR accounts for Malaysia and I was the secretariat for the Pacific Association. Uh, travel association something goodness it was so long ago I can't remember um and but I was living in Brighton and commuting to London and really at the time in my life where I wanted to live and work in the same city mm. and I spoke to my stepdad and he was like look if you want to work in PR and you want to work in Brighton there's only one agency to go to to be honest and that's midnight because my stepdad's been involved in the business community down here for years mm. Um, and so I interviewed with Carrie, and she, who was the ex-founder and you know, yeah, yeah. original lady of Midnight, and uh, she said, "Why don't you start your own PR agency?" And I said, oh, "I'm not ready for that yet. I want to learn from the best." And um, so we talked in that interview about me possibly one day running the company. But that early so, started, and okay. that was in 2013. Wow. And so she offered me the job and I was account director under Carrie yeah. for five years alongside Alex Hankinson, my now business partner. And Alex had already been there for three years before I started. Mm-hmm. And Carrie had had the same conversation with Alex when she'd interviewed her about one day running the company. So it was in Carrie's oh, mindset. Right. She was already thinking about her exit plan. I don't know if many people remember, but at the time, Midnight owned the Sussex Business Awards and the Brighton Hope Business Awards. And fortuitously, Platinum Business Group offered to buy out the events uh, side of Midnight, along with Fiona Graves, the then PR director. And that was great because it meant that Alex and I could then have that conversation with Carrie about taking the the PR side of the business because Carrie had always wanted to be an author. And I'm delighted to say that she's achieved that goal. And her first book, The Candlelit Menagerie, available in all good bookshops, <laughs> is out. And her second book is on the way. And she wow. is now a published, successful author. And she's very proud of us for continuing her legacy and making it success. And we're delighted that she's achieved her lifelong goal of being a published author. So it's all ended up very well. And we started negotiating with her in September 2017. And by January 2018, Alex and I were the owners of Midnight Communications, one of the UK's leading PR agencies. (laughs) And we walked out of the solicitor's office one uh, January morning, walked down the steps and turned to each other and said, did we just get married? Is that what just happened? We are essentially business married now. And I wouldn't have it any other way. She's the best work wife a woman could ask for. And she's the yin to my yang. And uh, yeah, it's three and a half years on. And uh, yeah, I'm delighted to say it's going really well. Wow. That is amazing. <laughs> what, what a, brilliant, uh, I tell, a couple of things I've taken from that. Like, the, your, your attitude towards stuff and mindset of there's an opportunity um do you want to give that a go yeah absolutely i'll give that a go say yes learn later it's what it's what actors do when they're like sure put it on my cv i'll learn i'll learn it later and it's i take that same mindset to business 
just say yes and you wouldn't believe what can what can happen and I never intended to own a PR agency in fact as I've said I've never intended to work in PR I started out in travel and tourism but PR was always part of my role as director of the companies that I was running and I loved it as part of the role and really sort of honed my career Uh in and shaped it into following what I loved and what I enjoyed most about the roles that I had Um, And it could have taken me in so many different directions. Um, And that's true for a lot of people that end up in PR, actually. Yeah. 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 But what I want to, like, where does that mindset come from? from, Because not many people necessarily always, like, like, was that, or was you like that as a child? Was you always like, yeah, I'll, I'll give that a go doesn't matter I'll give it a go pretty much yeah Yeah. I come from a family of creative musicians and I'm the only one that went to uni and the only one that pursued business because I watched my brother and sister trying to create careers in the music industry and really struggling Um, struggling with money struggling to find success struggling with the luck that you need to make it a success as a musician and they're both doing brilliantly now Um, but I watched that and thought do you know what that's not for me I I want a a solid career with a a steady income um, and I want to pursue something that could result in that and Traveling the world and getting paid for it sounded like a great option at the time. <laughs> Didn't quite work out like that. But hey, you know, I've ended up owning my own PR agency. So I, I don't regret any of the steps that I went through to get to where I am today, although it was a bit of a, a winding avenue. Yeah, that's really interesting. And, and so was there, any, but like, from, you said about, oh, I wanted to travel the world and, and, and get paid for it. But was there ever a point like, in those earlier years where you thought about, running your own business or was it when was the first point of thinking I'm going to do this I'm going to run my own business when you had that me that first interview with Carrie well no I had thought about it before because I was director of a company at 24 and then director of another company at 27 and then helping my old boss run her agency after that so I'd been at that level where I was running the show but I wasn't the owner so yes in the back of my mind it would always always been like I know how to run the show wouldn't it be great if it was my show that would be wonderful but I wasn't ready and although I've said yes a lot to things that I knew nothing about hilariously (laughs) I and got myself into some pickles but it was all good in the end um I did that because I knew I had the self-belief that I could do it and I would just have to learn fast and make it happen Um, But I was also conversely risk averse in the sense that I didn't want to set up my own company without knowing as much about it as I possibly could. So I saw those five years under Carrie as learning as much as I could from her and learning the ropes as to how to run an agency. And bear in mind, my my previous experience had been more consumery, more travel focused. When I started at midnight, I got thrust into the world of B2B PR and absolutely loved it. I was handling the PR for Thomas Egger, Uh, the law firm that was then bought out by Owen Mitchell. And it was an account that Midnight had for 13 years before they were bought out by Owen Mitchell. But I'd never done anything like that before. And I remember in my first month at Midnight helping get Thomas Egger some national coverage in the national newspapers. I'm talking Times, Telegraph, Guardian, Financial Times kind of coverage. And just thinking, this is amazing. I love this side of things. And it just opened up so many more opportunities to work for different types of companies. 
Um, and that's one thing that Alex and I have done is, is narrowed down the sorts of companies that we work for um, as clients at midnight, whereas before I think we, we had a much broader scope. Yeah. Um, and that's been a really interesting journey. But yeah, I loved it. And I, and I learned as much as I possibly could from her, but also from Alex and Alex from me. So that when it came down to brass tacks and talking to her about taking on the agency, we felt pretty confident that yeah. we'd be able to do it. And it actually made no difference to our clients because we were already running their accounts and Carrie didn't have much involvement from the PR side of things. Yeah. So from a client perspective, it made no odds. We just happened to be running the business as well as their accounts. Yeah. Um, a lot of work from us, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> and we spent, yeah, we spent the first year well, you think you know what you're doing and then you own a company and there's so much to learn. Yeah. <laughs> so many different types of insurance products you need as a business owner. Yeah, so yeah. many legalities and finance things that we didn't know about. So, you know, one of the things we've always done is is ask the questions, yeah. find the right people to help us. We've got a great bookkeeper. We switched accountancy firms. So we now use someone that specializes in marketing agencies and we've just got the help that we need along the way you know we've sought the experts and that's what it's all about for us is realizing what we don't know is yeah. the important thing and finding the answers well, i think that's from from uh, any business owners but we you ultimately realize as a business owner you can't do everything and you're not great at everything so you want to work with people employ people that can do things better than you can so that you can ultimately run the business as, as you see fit and you've got that, that vision for it. What, what I'm finding really fascinating is is that, that and what I think is a really good point, is that you, from a young age, like 24, director of a company, 27, director of another, that, that type of level at a young age, going, yeah, I can do that. Not got the experience, but yeah, I can do that. That amazing can-do attitude. But still, when you're presented with a opportunity, like right at the beginning, when Kevin said, why don't you start your own bit, having the foresight and wisdom to be able to go, um, I'm not actually. I'm not ready for that right now, because like, many people, potentially myself, guilty of it. It's like, just so eager to. I oh, know I want to run my own business. I'm going to do and just jump into for. Oh, I'm perhaps not actually quite ready. And learn, you know, quite a difficult route sometimes with you know failures and whatever on my part. But jumping into. But that's. I find that really interesting. You've got such a can-do attitude. I can do anything. Oh, and self-belief. But at the same time, still able to go. That's not the right time for me. And you pick your right time. There's a couple of other things to note there as to why I wasn't ready. Firstly, there was a 2008 recession, which we were just coming out of when I interviewed at midnight. Yeah. And when that happened, I was working in the travel and tourism industry. And I noticed that across the board, every tourism board slashed its marketing budget by about 40%. And I was thinking, oi, oi. This is dangerous. <laughs> and they were getting the same level of PR support with a 40% reduced budget because it was so competitive in travel and tourism PR mm. that the agencies were just taking the hit. And I noticed that and thought that's, that's dangerous mm. because we could end up working for nothing. And actually, I'd like to spread my bets here and work for some different sectors, yeah. ones that are more recession-proof, but also work for an agency that isn't reliant on one sector for its success. Mm. Now, people keep telling us that the more niche you are, the more successful you'll be. I've never been more glad to work for a generalised agency than when COVID hit. I'll bet that, yeah, yeah. Because we were able to be nimble and work with 
different types of companies mm. and take on projects and take on whatever we could um, last year, which I think everybody did. It was a bit of a scrap. Um, <laughs> but, you know, we got there and we did really well in the end. But if we hadn't been a generalist agency and we'd put all our eggs in one basket and that basket was sinking, we'd have been in serious trouble. Mm. And other agencies out there didn't survive because they were really niche and really specialist. So we have narrowed our targets in terms of the types of clients we want to work with, yeah. but we haven't narrowed it to the point where we wouldn't take on something that walked through the door that looked really fun. Yeah, sure, you know, sure, we've sure. narrowed our scope on what we actively go out after and yeah. proactively seek to bring in new business. But that doesn't say that something really fun comes knocking on the door that we're going to turn it away just because it doesn't fit into one of our boxes. And, and I guess the nice thing then about that, by now you being owners of the businesses that you've got that ultimately that's your decision yeah how, how you do that you can like you say you can choose the type of people you want to work yeah. with and you create the agency that you want it to be oh, one more point I want to catch on there I find that really fascinating again the foresight there to learn from like I guess your experiences yeah. by chucking yourself in at the deep end of it. you've learned from those experiences to go when if when I take over and I run my own business I want it to be like this because it needs to be like I said, I want to work with clients that are recession proof. Cause, but you wouldn't have, had you started that business before you'd had those experiences, you wouldn't have known that. Exactly. And if I'd um, started my own business before midnight, it would have had to have been a travel and tourism specialist PR agency yeah. because that's the only experience I had. Yeah. And I already knew that that wasn't a recession proof strategy. Yeah, sure. So I had to go a different route. And I'm really glad that I went the route that I did because I learned from someone that had been doing it on her own for 23 years, yeah. um, working in a variety of different sectors. And I got to work on some amazing campaigns. The first campaign I worked on when I started at midnight that um, Carrie sent me the details of before my first day was for Grolsch. And we turned <laughs> bright and green for Grolsch. It was wow. literally the first campaign I worked on. And we had the wheel in the city at the time and we lit it up green and we had um, journalists come down and have a, a sort of press day out on Grolsch. Um, and that was literally the first thing that I worked on at midnight. It was really wow. good fun. So I was working with uh, Thomas Egger, the law firm. Yeah. I was working on Arundel Castle from a visitor attraction perspective, which was great because it was sort of still in the travel and tourism scope that I was used to. But then, the, yeah, the Grolsch campaign uh, out of left centre, just loved it. It's just so diverse. Yes, yeah, it's, oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. So I want to I want to move on now. I want to talk about obviously taking over. Obviously, in January twenty eighteen, mm -hmm. when you elected. Uh, what was the obviously taking over an existing company with a founder like Carrie? Obviously, very recognised, successful business. What was that ever? Was that ever a concern of yours? I'm taking over a company as someone who's really established, has uh, done, and it's recognised maybe that it's her business that you're taking over. Uh, was that ever a concern? Or t talk to me about that that sort of mindset. I wouldn't say it was a concern. I'd say that it was a communications challenge yeah, yeah. to make sure that everybody knew that Midnight was under new ownership, mm. but we're just as good as we've ever been. And in fact, we're growing and we're better than ever. Yeah. Um, and so year one was learning the ropes, keeping a steady ship, um, getting the right team in place. Year two was putting our own stamp on things and investing in the business, getting a new brand identity, new color palette, uh, new website underway, and really honing our new business strategy. Yeah. But before we took over the business, I um, 
as you know, I'm a bit of an outgoing person (laughs) and had already been out there in the networking circuit, making myself known. And so that the link between Flo Powell and Midnight and with Alex as well was already established. So it wasn't like we needed to let people know that Midnight was under new ownership and they'd never heard of those people. They already knew those people and they knew that we were brilliant at what we did because we were running the accounts. The fact that Carrie was no longer the owner was actually a really great story for us to tell because we were able to talk about the fact that she was writing a book and she was going to be a published author and that she was really proud of us and that we were really pleased for her. So it was a really nice story to be able to tell. And we've spent the last three and a half years telling that story and making sure that people knew about Midnight's due ownership. But to be honest, it happened pretty quickly Mm. where that clicked into place and people understood that it was... It was a change, and you helped as well with our little article, course, course, quite a big course. article actually in Sussex <laughs> Business Times. That was great, thank you. Um, so yeah, that we were a PR agency, and it was a communications challenge, and I, I think we did quite well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and I guess uh, another thing, I, I sort of asked that with concern was probably, like I said, maybe not the right word, but I'm looking at, I guess as well, because you've been there for a long period of time. Like you said, a lot of the clients knew, uh, dealt with you probably more than they had with Carrie anyway. 100%. So it is the, it, the only real communication is the fact that it's under new ownership. But like I said, it, it was, and that's why it was great for me to share it because it was a great story. And it is the fact that, and I guess from Carrie's point of view as well, that she, you know, you've grown a business, she, there's that legacy, but left it in the hands of two great people who have helped her build the business to what it was. And then now they're taking it and taking it to the next level, which is, a, like I say, it's a, lo- it's a lovely story. It's a lovely Thank story. Thank you. Yeah, we're, pr- we're really proud of it. Mm. And, and I know she is too. I bumped into her in Waitrose the other day um, <laughs> and had a little chat at the checkout, which was really nice. And she's, you know, the fact that she's doing so well and is so happy as a published author and so pleased that we've taken on what was essentially her baby yeah. and made it a success is, is a great story to tell. Yeah, oh, I love it. I love it. Uh, and so I want to obviously always as, as you know one of the things I find fascinating we've talked offline about it a bit and um, I, I talk to everyone on the podcast about is culture yes you know something I uh, alluded to many times I struggled with maybe when I was at the salon and the, but I find you know it's, it's a fascinating subject I want to I want you to talk to me about the culture really during your time under Carrie mm-hmm. what it was like there and then at what is a culture like now and how how has that changed when you took over, did you have a vision? Is it the same? Talk to me about that. There's some things that are the same and there's some things that are different. What is and has always been a big part of the midnight culture is that we are the midnight family. Mm. We've always felt like that. And there's pros and cons about being a member of a family which are people that you work with. Because I guess you can be a bit too close and that's not good from a from an HR perspective, maybe. <laughs> but that's the way it's always been and we wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. And our t- one of our proudest things is our team and how well they all get on with each other and how supported they feel by us as yeah. the business owners. And I guess the biggest difference in what Midnight was and what Midnight is, is that Midnight used to have the events and the events used to pull everybody into this kind of whirlwind of craziness two, three times a year where we'd be on the door and we'd be organising it all and all the rest of it, and which would take our focus away from client side and the PR business. And to be honest, I'm happier now that we are concentrating on the PR side of the business sure. and it gives us a more even flow of work throughout the year where we're you know, working on the PR accounts 
rather than having these crazy spikes of activity where we have to to kind of all hands to the pulp organize yeah. these award schemes so it's uh it's easier in terms of the how things go throughout the year but we're a similar number there's nine of us now at midnight uh with two freelancers so 11 as part of the family um and that was a similar number to when we bought midnight including the events team so the pr side of things has grown in the last few years which is great and we've put a lot of things in place that weren't there before to help the team and a lot of that has come out of us wanting to be as supportive as possible but also mm. with everything that happened with coronavirus last year and the pandemic you know everyone's talking about mental health and we could see that a mile off because yeah. every single member of our team was going through some version of personal hell mm. and they needed more support than ever so um a couple of things that we we extended we al- already have a healthcare system at midnight where every member of staff gets a cash plan basically to pay for dentists and doctors and opticians and hospital appointments and prescriptions and all that sort of thing and we added six face-to-face counseling sessions onto that um i think we may actually did have done that before the pandemic to be honest with you but we also brought into play a well-being platform called zest where they get 24-hour phone counseling whenever they want all completely anonymous of course don't need to know if they're using it or not some of them have said i I used it it was great and that's really good to hear but they also get access to nutrition advice and workout videos and all sorts of things they get free gym membership and when the gyms were closed uh, during the pandemic we gave them a 50 pound well-being voucher a month to spend on whatever they wanted which was the equivalent of the gym membership so a lot of them bought new trainers to go walking or yoga mats or Mm. whatever it was so we do that we also give them a lot of holidays holiday I've realized as we get closer (laughs) to the end of the year I'm like come on guys take your holiday because we give them 21 days as standard um, but they get an extra day for every year that they work at midnight up to a maximum of five and then we also give them their birthday off and then we close the office between Christmas and New Year, so that's not included, and yeah. all the bank holidays. So it, it racks up actually quite a lot of holiday. I mean, I mean, so yeah, they get health and fitness, um, all of the the holiday days, and yeah, wellness and well-being mm. support and counselling. That's really corny, cool. I guess. Like, and but but was it was that something that like th- th- you so you sort of implemented a lot of those things yeah. since you've obviously sort of taken over, but. Um, and I, 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 I must admit, I, I think listening to you talk, and I, I've obviously been into the office, the old office when it was there. Um, I'd come and see you, and then obviously the the, the new office where you are now. Um, and and I, I speak, obviously, you guys send us a, a lot of stuff. I speak to you guys a lot about stuff which we put in put in SBT, and and, you, and they are, every one of the the staff members are all lovely. And now, and you have got, you do seem we to only have a employ really employ lovely great, people. Well, it's, uh, you, know, <laughs> it, you get that, like the, they're all nice, and there's a, a really nice sort. Like you said, that you get, almost get a bit of a family vibe when you're. But how does that affect? Like, because obviously, I mean, are you all back in the office now? Are you working from some working from home? What's it? What's the dynamic? Oh, I could a minute. So we've always been hybrid working at midnight. Well, we okay. always have had that yeah. option and that element. There were certain people that were in the office Monday to Friday every day yeah. that now uh, choose to come in twice a week and work from home three days a week, and they have that option to be completely flexible. We um, have said, you know, it would be nice if there were more people in on a Monday and we can all get together and plan the week. Um, And then another day 
of your choice during the week um, and more if you want. Mm. Um, and so on Monday this week, there was seven of the nine people in, which Brilliant. was the most we'd had for a while. And it was lovely. Yeah. Um, we've got two people who um, live outside of Brighton at the moment. One's moving back soon and the other has always lived away. So he lives mm. in, in Huntingdon and works from there so he comes back once a month and we've got some great team nights out planned um now that we can nice, nice. which i'm very excited about so um <laughs> it's just nice to have them back and yeah it's fine to be flexible and for people to work from home but when you run a creative agency where your business mm. is built on ideas those ideas are best formed in my opinion when you're together in the yeah. same room it is harder to brainstorm via Zoom or Teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, we can still do it, and we've had to do it during the pandemic to come up with new ideas for our clients' campaigns. But I think the best ideas come out when we're all together in the same room. There's yeah. just something magical about mm -hmm. getting around the room together and jumping ideas, bouncing ideas off mm -hmm. each other and having that spark of, of creation that you don't necessarily get when you're looking at each other on a screen and you're not sure when it's your turn to talk, talk. and all of that sort of awkward stuff. That, that, that almost Zoom etiquette type thing that people just not really like like you said when, you could have eight people sitting around the table like we're in a studio like this for example and and like you say you're just flat but you don't necessarily wait for your turn to you someone says something you go oh I, that but what exactly. about this what, what if we do this and you just but it doesn't it, i get that it doesn't seem it's a bit to be too that. stinted yeah, yeah, yeah on yeah, video yeah, yeah, call it's that. not as easy that. to jump in because you don't want to be rude whereas mm. if you're all together it's more socially acceptable to interrupt each other somehow. Yeah. I don't know why, yeah. but that's just the way it is. Yeah. And so, don't raise your hands. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're like, hello, yeah. it doesn't really work like that. You're like, yeah, brilliant. And you know, yeah. you're bouncing off each other, and that's that's great. And and that's how we prefer to work. And yeah, sure. and it's always been the case that when we've had a brainstorm, there'd be at least one or two people dialing in. Yeah. But it's best when we're all together. Yeah. You know, the first brainstorm that we had when we had bought Midnight was in the boardroom in the old office and yeah. we were all sitting around the table together discussing a potential campaign for our client boundless yeah. and the nub of that idea formed the campaign that we just won an award for best public sector campaign for the cipr amazing, and that amazing. came out of a brainstorm that we had all together in the boardroom I and i that. think that speaks volumes yeah i love that me and you have known each other for a while we you know pop out and had lunch and that type of thing and it's it's where I guess ultimately, uh, we're people, I'm a people person, <laughs> as you are, and it's just not, I love, look, Zoom has been amazing, and I think online, I've really, I've really embraced it, and I think, you know, it certainly worked for me in various areas, but uh, I'm, I love the fact that I'm able to go out to networking events now, I love the fact that I'm able to do this face-to-face, -face, that we're able to go and have a, a lunch and a catch-up and a coffee and in person, I just, it's, and, and I, I thrive off other people's energy as well. And I think you, you don't necessarily, as quite a passionate person myself, when you like, you know, I, I love the buzz of being around other people. And I think, and I, I get what you're saying, especially from a creative agency point of view. It must be, like you say, I can imagine all of you in the ballroom together, like coming up with nuggets of gold, like the. Absolutely, like the, absolutely. Like the That's what it's all about. And, and Zoom and Teams have been great in terms of 
efficiencies and I, I kind of can't believe that we used to travel and take a whole day out for an hour's meeting with yeah. a client every month because actually they're paying for our time we're yeah. a professional service yeah. it makes much more sense from their budget perspective to do most of those by via video call mm. um instead of paying for our time to travel all that way have the meeting travel all the way back whereas mm. we do it on zoom we've got the contact report written up within an hour you know it, yeah, it it's much more efficient actually so there's been some great things that have come out of the mm. pandemic it's not all been doom and gloom yeah no absolutely and i think like you say almost like we're going to be starting to live maybe like a hybrid working life a hybrid life in general like i, I hosted a a, a a webinar networking event on the thing and i, I literally i've done it in um Malmaison, in the, <laughs> in the booth there and then i literally closed my laptop got up and walked through to the networking event that i was attending at Perfect. lunchtime but i'm like this is a real <laughs> hybrid day this is how life's gonna be and, and Love I, it. It, can, it can work like that I think. yeah so cool okay look i want to move on i want to talk about obviously as, as business owners we you know we face challenges so i want to talk to me uh, i'm sure covid's going to be chucked in there as well as, as most people have mentioned but you know talk to me about what sort of failures you have faced or, or challenge you face and any failures and how you sort of bounce back from them talk, talk to me about that yeah that's a tricky one our last year was tough not yeah. gonna lie to you it was for a lot of businesses out there we came out smiling we mm. actually grew by two percent last year but yeah. we had plans to grow by 15 percent last year you know it was year one learn the ropes yeah. keep a steady ship year two put our own stamp on it year three growth year year three was covid damn this year's growth year yeah, okay that's okay. fine but last year was a little bit tough because we did lose some clients yeah, yeah. and a lot of pr agencies did and imagine, it's yeah. the unfortunate short-termist view of when the proverbial hits the fan to cut your marketing budget yeah. and it's really short-termist because it costs so much more to yeah. win new business than it does to keep your existing business yeah, yeah, so yeah. it costs that much more to re-engage an audience than that's gone quiet mm. than to re-engage an audience that's been spoken to yeah, every month course, for the yeah, last yeah. year so that was really tough because we knew it was the it, it was the wrong decision yeah but when companies are up against it's this or redundancies we get it and was, was there a lot of knee-jerk reactions you think then to that so people go right straight away like oh, i've got to look at my bottom line bang that's got to go got to go rather than yeah i think there was a bit of that sam mm. unfortunately um and there was there was no getting away from it we knew it was coming we knew it was going to happen and so we you know just the the previous six months prior sorry that didn't sentence didn't make any sense the six months prior <laughs> we had put in place quite a robust new business strategy and we were really clear about the sort of clients that we wanted to work with and then covid hit and that strategy got ripped up and chucked out the window and we we worked with whoever needed our support and our mm. assistance last year and that was fine and like i said thank god we were able to be nimble and yeah. just work with whoever and we worked on some really interesting campaigns a lot of it was project work rather than retainers which yeah. is what we're always going after and i'm pleased to say we've turned that around now yeah. and we've got the majority of our workers retainers with the odd juicy project here and there which nice. is you know the gravy that keeps us all going <laughs> but last year there's a lot of projects a lot of new uh, projects for people that we'd not worked with before yeah. 
that that just wanted a quick you know three month campaign here three month campaign there to keep keep us afloat and it was great that we were able to do that and the team were fantastic and really met the challenge um, and worked their socks off to keep our current clients as happy as possible and there was probably a lot of over servicing last year I'm not going to lie to you (laughs) we we did our (laughs) utmost to keep our current clients happy and make sure that they you know could see the level of service they were getting and bring on new business to fill the gaps I guess that level of, of support, like like you said, it's it's understanding your clients, knowing them, and I guess getting to that point where that, at a time when they needed you to support them more than ever, I guess. And yeah, and it was more than just doing what we do. Yeah. It was going above and beyond. And our clients are people. We're yeah. in the business of helping people, yeah, yeah. and so it was about making sure that they, as humans, were okay as well as their business. Yeah. So it was about you know having those monthly PR catch-up calls started with, "Are you all right? How are you? How are you coping? Yeah. What's happening?" And then talking about the campaign and you know the business side of yeah, things. Yeah. It was about making sure that we were supporting our clients on that human level, which yeah. we always have, of course, yeah, yeah. but just making sure that we were almost you know upping that level of service so that they came to us and we want to be more than just an extension of their marketing team we want to be their go-to business consultants it's not necessarily just PR that we end up advising our clients on it's on all manner of of things from the business consultancy side of things which is why we partner with other businesses from SEO PPC design digital website development advertising all sorts because our clients know us trust us love us we are friends with them we are their confidants and we are so much more to them than just a pr agency and i think that side of things was leveled up last year yeah that's that's really interesting that's like and i guess uh, tell me what you think but I, i i found that I think we've spoke about this offline a little bit um, a couple of times, but the, almost over the last eighteen months or so, that almost uh, people have become more a little bit more open, a little bit more honest, a little bit more authentic. Definitely com- compared to and I'm, I, what I hope, and I, one of the reasons I wanted to do the podcast, I think I just I, I hope that narrative continues. I don't want it to be that it, it's. I'll get myself sometimes with this. Well, I don't want it to all be always fluffy and uh, that we go out and we, this is how it is, but just actually be really real, really authentic all the time. And that doesn't mean that I, I'm expecting people to come on here or, or I guess go out to networking events and go, oh, it's oh, really rubbish at the time, be really down. I don't, I don't mean that, of course not, but just to be really real and be really, and I think if, if that's the narrative that, that we can take out of COVID and people continue to do that. It's got to be a better world to live in and a better place to do business, surely. I 100% agree with you. Mm. Um, Kindness is the trait that I hold the most dear with everyone that I work with, both in terms of employees of Midnight, partners of Midnight, clients of Midnight and other contacts. And it's the trait that I hold most dear to myself as well you know and I really think that that has set us apart from other businesses in the last two years because people buy people and we're nice people to work with and that when we put our team first because if our team aren't happy our clients aren't going to be happy and that's where the whole support for our team measures came into play because actually 
although we want to be nice, kind people, it makes good business sense yeah, to have a happy, productive team yeah. with a very low staff turnover. Yeah. In the last few years, we've lost one core member of the team and that was Carissa because she chose to move back to America last year wow. when the pandemic hit, which makes total sense and we all completely supported that move. Yeah. Um, we haven't lost anybody else. Everybody's stuck with us. And I think that's testament to our business culture and the way that we do things. Yeah. That's amazing. And very much so, because it, 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 again, we, we've, we've delved into coal and we talk about it, but things go back to that, like successful businesses, business that grow. If you've, if you've got that cult, it's creating a place where people want to work, isn't it? That's why, you know, I'm really trying to, again, <laughs> these podcasts become more of a therapy thing for me. <laughs> like an, it's like an education. Cause I'm like, oh, yeah, brilliant. <laughs> okay. But I, I find that so, so interesting because it is, it's, culture's got to be, I'm creating, that people, because ultimately, I always looked at it like, in, in, employees are never going to see it like it's their business. It's not, they're not going to see the things you do and have the worries and stresses that you do. But if you can communicate with, uh, you're in the business of communication, right? So, but if you communicate not only with clients but with staff that and and are open with them about stuff, they will buy into your core values and what you're trying to achieve, and they're all part of that journey with you, then, aren't they? Absolutely. Absolutely. And we're open with them about where we want to take Midnight and how they can mm. help us achieve those goals and how we can help them achieve their personal goals mm. as well. And we've got a family at Midnight who all get on like a house on fire, but you wouldn't meet such a diverse group of people <laughs> in terms of interests and uh, ambition it's really interesting mm. and we've got a member of the team at the moment who's working for us four days a week and doing a master's in sustainability at the university of sussex wow. um and she asked if she could go from full-time to part-time and talk to us about that process and we've supported her throughout and it means that as all of our clients have and should put sustainability at the top of the agenda we've got a member of the team that's doing a master's in sustainability and it doesn't half help yeah, when we're talking sure. to our clients about how to make their campaign and business more sustainable Amazing. because it is at the top of every agenda it's become a massive part of what we do in pr sure, sure. across every level across everything that we do so that's been brilliant um but even if it hadn't been really beneficial for the business we would have still supported her to do that because yeah. that's her ambition and we want her to stay with us while she studies it might end up in a few years that she wants to become a scientist and goes off and does <laughs> her own thing but we hope that she stays with us you know while she's while she's doing that and she's a great member of the team and um, and we love it other members of the team have other things that they're really interested in that we we help nurture and develop and mm. and other people have different parts of the job that they love more than others so we've got a member of the team that's really into video and we've invested in him for his video training and that's an element that he can bring to the campaign there's others that love social media and really want to get to know that in depth yeah. and so we invest in training for them and put them on more accounts that's got that element of the campaign involved um and we just it's about Working at midnight doesn't mean that you have to do the same thing every day. Yeah. The beauty of working at midnight is that you do different things every hour. Yeah. And that's yeah. why people love working at midnight, because yeah. they're not just doing insurance PR. No offence to insurance PR agencies, <laughs> yeah. but 
insurance PR is part of what we do. Professional services PR is part of what we do, as is a little bit of travel and tourism and a little bit of food and drink and quite a lot of property and construction. So Mm. you will be doing something different every minute of every hour of every day at midnight. And the people that thrive the best in that situation are high functioning multitaskers. (laughs) And that is what we've got as part of our team. Amazing. Amazing. I love it. I love it. Let's, um, well, we've talked a little bit about, obviously, challenges. I want to talk also about, you know, success and what, what, define what, define what success looks like to you and then talk to me about maybe your, since taking over, what's been your highlight and your biggest achievement? There's so many, it's hard to pick one because it's been a hell of a roller coaster and there's been so many things that we've been proud of. I'm proudest of our team and developing the team that we have Mm. into what we've got today because they're amazing people, but I've talked a lot about them. The biggest thing for us that we're most proud of, other than the award that I mentioned, (laughs) is the fact that we are finally going to achieve the 15% growth this year that we wanted to achieve last year. And we won eight new clients in the last couple of months, which I'm really, really chuffed with. Um, because we started the year on quite a small list of retainers and we've grown it and grown it and grown it and the team has supported us and we've flexed that service with some freelance support but ultimately it's it's been the core team of nine that's been yeah all hands to the pump and loving the new clients that they've brought that we've brought on board for them to work with Um, and that's been a huge achievement for us is to take last year on the chin and you know even though we grew a little bit and just all all pumps forward for this year to make a big success of it and we haven't finished the year yet anything could happen but the yeah. forecasts are a 15 percent growth and that means Amazing. that we can do we can do more we can hopefully bring on another member of the team next year um we're taking our team away uh, for the night in december we're merging our agm and um, Christmas do you asked me about things that remained the same uh, with old midnight to new midnight midnight has always taken the team away for an AGM every nice. year so the last time we did it was in 2019 and we took them all to Palmer for the weekend and it was beautiful sunshine and we loved it and we did uh, tapas tours and all sorts and then nice. of course last year we couldn't this year has been a bit uncertain so we've merged our AGM with our Christmas do and we're going to Rye uh, in December so we're, cool. we're keeping our money in the county yeah. and nice. um, heading over to Rye we're doing a private tour of the Rathfinney Wine Estate and then we're Amazing. heading over to Rye staying at the Ship Inn and having our Christmas do at the Mermaid so really Amazing. really excited about that and, and it means that we've got a bit more in the coffers to spend on staff training and development and yeah. make sure that they're getting what they need um, and take them out for a bit of fun. Literally the week before our Christmas do, we're taking them all out for dinner and we're going to Brighton Dome for the London Gospel Choir where they're performing uh, a series of Bob Marley songs. And I'm like, that sounds like my dream night out. I can't (laughs) wait. So they're all coming with me, um, which would be lovely. So yeah, having a bit more money in the the bank account means that we can, you know, do have a bit more fun and develop our team. Amazing, amazing. Cool, right. Um, we're sort of coming towards the last couple of sort of questions before we do our quick fire, man. Um, look, 
running a business, as we've mentioned, challenges and it can be sort of tough. Um, we're recording this around the time, obviously, of Mental Health Awareness Day. Um, I'm keen to find out from you, as I, again, I ask everyone on the podcast, again, more for me and how I can learn from it, really. But work-life balance, what do you do? How do you achieve that yourself? Um, does it help, obviously, having a business partner? Oh, yes. I tell you, I'm very lucky because yeah. I've got Alex. Yeah. I don't know how Carrie did it for 23 years on her own. Yeah. I really don't because we've got each other and yeah. she's my support and I am hers. We bounce ideas off each other, but we are emotional support for each other. And I can go on holiday and she picks things up for me and she can go on holiday and I can pick things up for her. Lovely. And we can have that actual break from the business because we know that our business partner's there running the show for us yeah. and there isn't that gap. But for me... And the other thing is I'm an early bird and she's a, she's a night owl. Um, so I'm up at six um, and she'll be up later. I mean, in fairness, she's got kids. She's doing school runs and all sorts. Yeah, sure, sure. But she'll tend to work a bit later in the night, whereas I'll be asleep by 10. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we're quite strict about um, not checking our emails after work hours. So the way I try and stay mentally healthy is to have that separation and, and to switch off at half five, six o'clock every and, night. And can, do you feel you can do like yeah. even running you, you and is that you feel you can do that because you've again I guess back to team culture that you've created that you know that things have been dealt with whatever yeah. and the fact that you've got Alex or is that have you trained your mind to be able to do that look I can only do so much you yeah know? I can only do so much I've only got two hands and my brain needs time to wind down and process and rest yeah. and if I don't get that wind down time I'll break yeah. and then the company's not going to be uh, you know in a good position if I'm <laughs> broken yeah, yeah. Yeah. so I ha it's a necessity it has to be done yeah. so when I'm at home in the evenings I don't check my work emails I've switched off and mm -hmm. it's the same at the weekends yes there are exceptions and sometimes yeah. um, you know I'm working on a big pitch that needs yeah, to be sure. in and I'll do you know put in a few hours or proofread Sussex Business Times on a Sunday I think <laughs> yeah. I did once but um, you know there, <laughs> there are exceptions when there's something big going on mm. but generally speaking I switch off at six and I'm done I do however check my emails first thing in the morning because I yeah. want to see what coverage has come in and yeah. that's what motivates me is success and keeping our clients happy and seeing what we've managed to secure for them and you know literally gets me out of bed in the morning but I do have to have that separation and taking that time off as well and Alex and I are honour each other to make sure that we've taken all our holiday days because it's so important that we have that time to switch off and, and process. I'm I'm actually in awe of that really because I'm I, I personally really struggle with it. I really struggle to just switch off. I find it you know my brain's constant. I spin a lot of plates. I've I've got to a point where I'm going. Well, I've accepted about myself that I'm okay. I like spinning plates. I like doing what I do, but still to a point where I've got, I, I know that I need to take more time out. And I just I, I find it really difficult. Like, I, try and go for a run of a morning great and that, that helps me a little bit but not enough to be I really find it difficult maybe the nature of the, the, the two businesses I run especially Fernballs it is a lot mm. of an evening thing so you know teams dropping out thinking there's constant things that I have to deal with at that point but yeah I find that really difficult to try and have that separation and I, but I know how important it is when I have taken myself out of a business especially when 
remember even being at the salon. I had, I had two years, was seven days a week, didn't have a break. And I remember then going on holiday and I'll come back from that break, from having a week away, and I come up with the idea of the Shave Academy and I launched a Shave Academy within three months, just pure. And I remember at that point going, I said to Kelly at the time, I remember saying, no matter what happens, I'm going to make sure that I take breaks, regular breaks. And she yeah. was like, yeah, I've been telling you that. You've got to rest your brain. But I, I still struggle to get to that point, I guess. Again, but learning from you and learning from other people about again it's just trying to create which I feel like I'm getting with with County Business Clubs is creating that team around you with good people that yeah. you can trust rely on and, and be able to yeah you've got to trust them to do the mm. job and they don't check their emails in the evenings and at weekends yeah. either you know that's part of the culture of Can't Midnight yeah. is that it's not expected and I think if it was and we were all doing it our clients would get used to it mm. and there is definitely you know some clients who are logging on uh, out of hours and yeah. really early in the morning really late at night and if we were responding to all of those emails they would become used to it and think that that was totally normal and expected and part of the scope of work and it's definitely not, not so they don't get responded to until 9am um, when everyone's in the office and, and that's got to be the process because yeah. we've got to keep ourselves mentally healthy because yeah. if we're not mentally healthy we're not going to be delivering the, the best campaigns and getting the best results for them so there's an element of, of being quite strict with ourselves about that and just say no when we've when we've stopped we've stopped I think that's such a healthy narrative to have I, I, but when I've done the mental health special episode which is coming out later this week hopefully I, I spoke to Yemen and he said that there's something that it's almost like you go, and I'm so guilty of this. You go, I just think, oh, yeah, busy, so busy. Like Almost like you wear it with a badge of honour, which is like, why? Why <laughs> am I doing that? Like I, I know, as it's coming out of my mouth, I'm thinking, why am I saying that? I know it's not the right thing. Whereas like, listening to you talk is so refreshing, and it's actually where I think all businesses and business owners and where we need to get to, there's got to be not only boundaries for ourselves, boundaries for our clients, boundaries for staff, and you put them in place again it all leads back to culture i mm. guess and what you create but by, by doing that you're able to because it's by being a busy you can be which i'm probably guilty of a busy fool sometimes whereas if you're actually working smart look um you're going to be up and you'll check them emails at six o'clock in the morning but from nine o'clock you'll be really efficient from nine until six and that, without foul you will deliver for your clients all the time yeah and whereas if you was working a 14 hour day you're not paid potentially oh, yeah. I might answer that email at nine o'clock tonight but I'm not going to be delivering for you at that high level and that's no. I think it's really interesting I think the narrative of what you're saying I think is where we all sort of need to get to I think every business is, and you know and again as a learning curve for me and and for, for for the listeners I guess as well people taking stuff away from this certainly something I will be taking away from this is exactly that it's trying to go right I've got to make boundaries for myself for the team for people I work with and yeah it's interesting what you said about it being a badge of honor about being really busy mm. and there's sort of fables isn't there about how Maggie Thatcher only ever had five hours sleep yeah. a night and how that's you know seen as like the epitome of success yeah. that sounds like a broken woman yeah, that yeah, sounds yeah, like yeah, a woman yeah. who was doing too many people's jobs at once yeah, and that yeah. she didn't have a team around her that could support her to not have to do that yeah, we yeah. need to turn that narrative on its head and yeah. go that's not an example of success yeah. and someone that was brilliant at her job that was someone that didn't have a good team around her that could support her yeah. um, and that she, she the poor woman was only having five hours sleep a night maybe it's she only needed five hours sleep a night yeah, yeah. but think of all the other things she could have been doing with that time yeah, yeah, other yeah. than work yeah. 
you know so yeah I get up at six in the morning but I might do half an hour exercise I might do some other things yeah. and then get myself ready and go to work and I do tend to start early at about eight because I, I find that my brain functions much more on a higher cognitive level yeah. early in the morning than it does later Alex is the opposite she <laughs> she functions much more highly in the Definitely afternoons yin to your, your, yeah. she is the yin to my own <laughs> um, and you know so I'll be working at really high level especially between eight and twelve and then you know so Another part of it is knowing yourself as a, as a person as to what works best for you mm. and working your day around those things. So if I've got things that I need to be really creative on and need to work a really high level on, I try and fit those into the morning time and mm. then do the admin and other stuff in the afternoon when I know my cognitive function isn't as high as it is in the morning. And you only get to know about that through trial and error yeah, and sure. through making mistakes like trying to work too late and not functioning very well it <laughs> just doesn't work for me yeah, I, yeah. I, my brain switches off by about 9pm <laughs> I'm no good to anyone I just the way if my 18 year old self could hear myself now yeah. she'd be thinking what you want about because that never used to be the case yeah, but it sure. is now so you've got to work to your own you know best traits as well that's really key brilliant I love that Right, we're coming up to the end. So I just wanted to, final question before we do our quick fire questions. What does the future hold for Flow Power and Midnight Team? Oh, well, <laughs> uh, so the 15% growth we want to continue year on year. We're not looking to take over the world, but we want to grow the company from right. where it is now. Um, so we have got some ambitious growth plans. Um, we've got a business mentor that we're seeing and working with to get help get us there. And changing our systems and processes from the ones that we perhaps inherited that need refreshing and looking at mm. and working on all of that. So we've got quite a journey coming up over the next Amazing. five to ten years of growing the agency on that level year on year and yeah. employing the right people to help get us there so it's really exciting and yeah. it's something that, that Alex and I are working every week on together with like set time for our management meetings that we've carved out. Amazing. Oh well, look, I'm, I for one am going to look forward to seeing the growth and the, the continued growth and success. Um, I'm sure. So, um, look, absolutely fascinating. Really has been chatting to you. I wanna, as always, I'll just finish off with a couple of quick fire questions before we wrap up. Um, I want to know first one: What advice would you give to a young entrepreneur or someone looking to start their own business? <laughs> Say yes. Say, <laughs> love that. Love that. So, keep saying yes. I mean, don't put yourself into situations that you know makes you feel hugely uncomfortable, but you know, don't certainly don't say no to every opportunity that comes your way, you know, say yes to the things that maybe push you a little bit more than you're comfortable with and go for it because it's a competitive world out there and you've got to take the luck when it presents itself. Yeah, amazing. I love that. Say yes, I love it. <laughs> right, um, and can you give me three traits that you think a person needs to be a good business person, entrepreneur? Well, as I said before, I do think kindness is the biggest one. And, you know, we're not in the in the heady 80s advertising days, you know, of of uh, I would see that as the most unkind kind of business yeah. culture. I think kindness needs to be at the top these days in terms of the people that you want to work with, the people you want to employ and the clients that that will buy you yeah. and your services. Um, but you've also got to with alongside that, you've got to be ambitious, creative and confident. So those are the four key traits that I think will get you success. Amazing. What a great way to finish. Listen, I, I absolutely love obviously being around you. I, we've, 
no, become oh, very good sad. friends uh, <laughs> over the last few years. And honestly, your you, your passion is you know it it, it it just it rubs off on people. It's great, and and I, and I just love spending time with when we go and we catch up, you know, socially and have a drink and Likewise. stuff. But it's um it's really infectious, and look, I, I think it's amazing what you've done and achieved since it, especially thank since you. taking over. And I wish you and Alex certainly continued success. And listen, thank you for your time today. It's been an absolute real pleasure chatting to you you're so welcome thank you for having me thanks sam